Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Bonjour, Kenichiwa, Ola, Utentek, and what's poppin'? Thank you for joining the best new fantasy football podcast on air. We have a tremendous show in store for you today. On tap today, your AFC South breakdown. Next week, we'll have your NFC South breakdown, and then we'll be getting into the nitty-gritty of the fantasy season. We'll be going over your best values, your breakout players, the guard system, which is really going to be a treat for you guys that are just starting out and kind of a refresher for you guys that have been in the game for a little while. But we're going to tell you the best way to go about setting up your team, the best way to about evaluating your draft choices and things of that nature. If you're looking for us on your social media sites, Facebook is by large our largest group right now. We are the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. That's Fantasy Football Fiend Family. And Fiend is F-E-I-N, Fantasy Football Fiend Family. And then on IG, Fantasy Football Fiend, again, F-E-I-N. On Twitter, at Fantasy underscore Fiend. So again, if you're looking for us on social media, that's the way you're going to be able to find us and do us a quick favor. I'll give you 10 seconds to do this. That's literally all the time it's going to take. Smash follow right now with wherever you happen to be listening to us, whether it's your Spotify's of the world, your Pandora's of the world, iHeartRadio, wherever you may happen to be listening to us. Click follow right quick. That really helps us out and it makes sure that you get access to our shows as soon as they come out. During the dog days of fantasy, that might not be quite as important as we get closer to the regular season, but I promise you, you don't want to miss any of the tidbits. We're going to have a weekly show that comes out as news and things like that breaks down, and we're going to be able to give you that information. So it might not necessarily be on the day and time that you're used to. So the fantasy fix, as we're going to call it, will also be coming down the pike. You want to make sure you get access to things of that nature and anything else that we decide to throw out there based on happenstances of the day. With that being said, again, thanks for joining us. We're going to go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. Before we get into your news real quick, as always, I got my main man on the line with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy things, what's going on out there? And my guy, little bro, bro Joe. Holla at the people, bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? We're going to kick off your news with uh, a rookie kind of showing out in camp a little bit there in Kansas City. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid gave his assessment on rookie wide receiver Sky Moore at minicamp. And he says this guy is looking really, really strong. His physicality, they knew was something that they, you know, kind of had on tap, but they really didn't know how he would match up against uh, his new peers versus those that are on the college level. But he's looking the same way he did when he was going up against dudes in college. Uh, from what 
Andy Reid is saying. So that's going to be one of those guys, especially for Dynasty, that maybe you can get him at a value right now versus waiting until after game one. And he maybe puts up, you know, however many yards and possibly a touchdown. And then the, the rocket has been fired and you will no longer be able to get him at the price that you thought you could. But that's what's going on in Kansas City right now. Tristan Ebner, running back for Chicago, is kind of making his presence known at minicamp. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus gave his assessment of the six-round rookie running back Tristan Ebner. And he said that he's really explosive. He's one of those guys that he knows the whole route tree and things of that nature, so he can be used in multiple ways. It, it almost feels like they got this guy to replace Tariq Cohen. And some of the things that we were used to Tariq Cohen doing is what Tristan Ebner is going to be doing in this offense. So the Bears may be working their way towards a committee approach with David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and now Tristan Ebner possibly being that third down or scat back type of a guy. You guys hear anything about Ebner? Yeah, I heard some of the same things you just spoke on. Um, I agree totally. I think he'll just be maybe that third down back, um, come in, catch the ball out of the backfield, maybe run a few little gadget plays like a Tariq Cohen. So that's all I see pretty much going on here as well. J.K. Dobbins running back for Baltimore. He's still on the mend from his ACL injury. So is Gus Edwards. But head coach John Harbaugh says that he's hopeful that both running backs will be ready for the regular season. He is going to give them a bit of a reprieve and make sure their load is as light as possible during the offseason. Right now, he's indicating that everything is on track. and But to date, neither player has actually practiced, which is kind of par for the course. Um, I don't expect them to do very much practicing at all uh, with the team this offseason, but more so recovering and doing the drills that are necessary to make sure the explosion and being able to deal with whatever lingering pain and things of that nature may be. Um, that's probably going to be what they're tackling more so this offseason than the you know regular OTA type of a setup. J.K. Dobbins is one of those guys that I kind of believe that he's going to make a fool out of a lot of people one way or the other. He's not one of those guys that I can see kind of staying in the middle. He's either going to be really, really good or he's going to be on his way out of the NFL in the next couple of years and due to injury, not due to talent because he's he's a stud running back. But that ACL um, kind of steals a little bit of your thunder. So we'll kind of see how that part goes. You guys got anything on JK? Uh, man, I'm staying put in my beliefs when it comes to JK Dobbins. I know how y'all feel about him. <laughs> I'm the only one sitting here feeling a little different. He's cool, but I just think, like, he's not ready. I don't think he's 100%. I don't even think uh, maybe even Gus Elwich. I think they're unsure about both of these guys. Because um, think about it. They bought in Mike Davis, right? Right. But this is after they still have Justice Hill returning. So that's one guy. They drafted two running backs. And then Who you was bring, the second? I know about Batty. I didn't realize they drafted uh, the second running back. Well, it was a guy, Ricky Person, that's on the roster as well. Uh, okay. So he's on the team. I'm not sure if he's drafted or just picked up as a free agent. He probably gotcha. was a free agent guy, but he's a rookie as well out of North Carolina State. So you have two gotcha. rookie running backs on the roster, and then you went and got Mike Davis. I just don't think they're, they're unsure going into the season um, where these guys will be at. So I wouldn't be surprised they start off on the uh, – Right. You know what I mean? So – Hey, I mean, and, and the pup list is a little different now than it used to be. Uh, being on the pup list before used to mean that you had an automatic, what, six weeks? And now I think they brought it down to two weeks due to COVID and stuff like that. So right. it's not the worst of things to start out on the pup list as it used to be where you've already given up a month and a half of production off top. So 
We have wide receiver Traylon Burks is in the news again for the same thing. He's missed two days of minicamp. Also been side, he was also sidelined for last week's OTAs. I'm assuming this is again asthma related. And I just like when when does the the switch flip that you can breathe all of a sudden? Like I I don't I don't I'm not asthmatic, so I don't really exactly know how this works. But this is scaring me at this point. Like if you didn't make OT, first of all, you're a rookie. You didn't make OTAs. Now you're not at minicamp. When are you going to learn the offense if if you can't breathe long enough to make it through practice? I, just, I, 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 I wonder if he had an asthma attack and they're just not saying it. And that's why it's taking him so long to get, you know what I'm saying? Because just having asthma is one thing, but for him being able to miss all these different practices and being sidelined, I wonder if he had a, like a an episode, you know, and now they're trying to like slowly get him back on the field. So that could be a possibility when it comes to that. My thing is at this point, the time that you've lost, you can't get that back. It's it's normally a hard hill to climb for a rookie, unless you're talking about your upper echelons, your you know your Justin Jeffersons of the world, your Chases of the world. Even with Justin Jefferson, it took him about a, a month, month and a half his rookie year to really come on, and he was at every practice and every OTA and minicamp, et cetera, et cetera. So. I- Dynasty long-term prognosis. Maybe this means absolutely nothing at all, but it would scare me off of the kid if you maybe had him as a you know tail-end bench guy and redraft. You know, kind of thinking that you might be able to catch lightning in a bottle. I, I just this is really concerning to me because the last thing that I want is in fantasy is lack of consistency. And if I and if you know I may get a message on any given Sunday morning, not that you you know hurt yourself but that you can't breathe and there's nothing that anybody can do about it. What, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away. Then again, Max. you said, Hey, real quick. Then again, you just mm-hmm. as your favorite for guys out there. Uh, maybe a Traylon Burks owner will sell you him for a lot cheaper now. So go for it. That's true. And I mean, everybody has a price. Um, his price is just a little lower than where I thought it would have been based on some of the circumstances that have come out. Quarterback at Carolina, Matt Carroll, Panthers head coach Matt Rule is indicating that this quarterback isn't close to earning the starting job. He has a good spirit, a good demeanor about him, et cetera, et cetera. That's almost saying like, you know, she has a really good personality. It's it's just ugly. It's ugly right now for Matt Carroll. And anyone who actually paid attention to Carroll in college knew that he had a long road ahead of him. Opposite and equal of that, one Mr. Ritter out in ATL, uh, his coach is indicating that he's light years ahead of where he thought he would be at this point. So you have a, a tale of two different stories here um, as far as these rookies are concerned. Ritter may be on the cusp of fighting Mariota for that starting job there in Atlanta. We'll kind of see how that goes, but they're, they're definitely right now on two different trajectories. No, nah, I mean, it's a, it doesn't say very much if Sam Donald's ahead of you, you're not close. So That far ahead. That's not I good. mean, God damn, <laughs> That's definitely like, not a good damn. sign. Um, you made Ritter, Sam Donald look like a pro. You, you, ooh, that ain't good at all. Yeah, as far as in Atlanta, I think that those words, those words came from the owner. Or was it a coach? I thought the owner was a person that came out and spoke on that. It may have been the owner. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, I thought it was the coach. It may have been the owner. No, 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 no. It, um, it was Arthur. Arthur Blank. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Was yeah. It? Who's that? Who's that? What's the head coach's name? I forget. Uh, in Atlanta right now, they got. The one that was in the one that was in Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, no, no. Well, no. Well, yeah. He was in Tennessee. Um, I think he's an OC. Yeah, he was Arthur OC Smith. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. It, it, I don't know if it was. Arthur, I want to say it was Arthur Smith, not Arthur Blank. So okay, I okay, want to cool. say it was the coach. 
I, I just okay. remember seeing author, so so I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that part, but somebody's liking what they're seeing out on the field right now as far as Ritter is concerned. This is one of the guys that Bro Joe picked up on his dynasty team. He had a quite a bit of fantasy fantasy uh, draft picks in the dynasty this go around this year. So he picked up one of the, uh, he picked up Ritter as one of the guys that's going to kind of lead him into the future at the quarterback position. So how how, how does that make you feel knowing that uh, what you thought he may do? he's kind of showing up at camp and doing right now joe yeah exactly um just like i was telling the viewers during our draft uh show and going over the draft process he is uh ready to go man he played over 49 games for them and had an impeccable record and i like his work ethic and he's a, a really a leader of of men so it was just everything i evaluated and people need to definitely uh peep and go back to those videos and check it out because i definitely uh alluded to his ability to start over mariota james winston is still on the men um, he's yet to be clear for 11 on 11 workouts he's still recovering from his injury what he's going to do and how close he's going to be to getting on the field we don't exactly know yet he's still again awaiting final clearance to be able to practice in full we kind of expect that to come at least at some point in training camp or maybe dalton is going to be more likely to start out uh, maybe the first few weeks whatever the case may be if winston can't quite get back to his normal self as we stated a few weeks ago there's still a pronounced limp that he has when out there on the field attempting to uh, play so he definitely has some healing still yet to do we have josh palmer wide receiver of the los angeles chargers he is currently in line to be the third wide receiver on the depth chart currently so he's a guy to kind of watch out for he's one of those guys that it may take him a little bit of time but his talent is there and we know the two running excuse me the two wide receivers ahead of him they tend to have some tic-tac injuries that may put him in that wide receiver two spot sooner than later and you may be able to get him for next to nothing um, maybe have him sitting on the tail end of your bench you get him in a trade as a throw-in or a seeming a seemingly a, a throw-in that someone else isn't really even thinking about but if he's currently third at some point in time during the season for a nice stretch of the season he's going to be their number two and i think that herbert is a good enough quarterback to make just about any number two wide receiver fantasy worthy but josh palmer has the talent that when you mix that with that quarterback once he gets the targets he's going to be able to turn it into something i'm not saying that you go out of your way to get him i'm just saying that this may be a guy that people aren't really thinking about at the moment or he may actually even be on your waiver so just kind of you know keep an eye out for josh palmer rondell moore according to cardinals head coach cliff kingsbury um he's singling out this wide receiver and saying that this guy is taking real strides this offseason and he's really becoming a lot more confident in his skill set and says that he's going to have a much more diverse role in 2022 in comparison to 2021 which that diverse role should actually make him a little bit more i would say reliable because of the usage that he's going to have so i can see rondell moore being one of those guys especially with hopkins being suspended i can see rondell moore being one of those you know 
guys that kind of moves the sticks. I still think Hollywood Brown is going to be the run and go get it guy. He'll be the, you know, the the deep ball guy, but more he he he's going to be the utility guy. He's he don't hear what I'm not saying. He is not Debo Samuel. But the way that San Fran uses Debo, you're going to see a little bit of that in Arizona with Rondell Moore as far as, you know, the you're, you're catching the ball 2 yards away from the line and they want you to see what you can get after the catch or getting the ball in the backfield and you're you're kind of helping out the running game a little bit as far as that's concerned. Um, various ways they're going to look at using. Last up, we have one Mr. Dak Prescott. Speaking of being utilized in more diverse ways, Mike McCarthy is indicating that he is going to utilize Dak Prescott's legs a little bit more in 2022. He's saying that they are planning on having more designed runs for the quarterback. I vehemently disagree with this approach. That's how he tore up his ankle last go around. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. That That's definitely within his wheelhouse and skill set. But I'm not going to design plays for my quarterback um, to run the ball, go through your progressions. If you see an opening, take it, et cetera. But I, I don't want to do too many design plays for a guy who's already been hurt. In, unless you're in a Baltimore situation to where as you kind of have to based on who you have at quarterback and how your system is set up. But Mike McCarthy may regret running Dak out there um, sooner than later. So we'll kind of see. How- no, I mean, as far as uh, Prescott, I don't think this is nothing to really call home about. We're just going to have a, maybe another one or two extra touchdowns running this year. Like, he's not about to be Lamar Jackson or nothing like that. So I don't think God should take this as as that. You know what I'm saying? It, it's no doubt. He, he's just like another Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? They run when they have to. So I don't think it's going to be a whole bunch of design runs for Prescott. It's not like he's extremely fast or nothing like that. You're not going to risk getting him hurt running no ball. So. One would think so, but Mike McCarthy ain't exactly the, the brightest crayon in the box, so who knows? <laughs> that pretty much wraps up your news for this week. We'll go ahead and get into this AFC South. All right, good people. Let's go ahead and get started with the AFC South breakdown. First up, we have the Houston Texans. Starting uh, starting wide receiver there is Brandon Cooks. They have Nico Collins as their number two. Ricky John Michi out of Alabama is their number three. At running back, they currently have Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce. And at quarterback, they have Davis Mills. So, and oh, at tight end, they have Brevin Jordan and Pharaoh Brown. This team, I, I mean, they're, they're the Texans. I mean, I, I really don't see a whole lot fantasy-wise coming out of this team. Uh, Brandon Cooks is going to be a value, as always. Uh, people always, you know, kind of put him on the back burner based on the team that he's on. But he's one of the most consistent wide receivers out there based on the fact that they're always behind. They did, didn't really do much on defense, so I expect them to continue to be behind. And Davis Mills is a good enough quarterback to get the ball to Brandon Cooks. I'm expecting Nico Collins to take his, take another step in his maturation, but he's nothing, home, nothing to write home about. John Michi if he's healthy, may actually end up being the next wide receiver that is fantasy relevant on this team. But because of the fact that they're going to be playing behind and because of the fact that they have a a quarterback who's good enough to kind of get the ball where it needs to go, I think that those are going to be the only reliable fantasy sources. I do like Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, if he's healthy, if we, if we remember what he was supposed to be for the Colts, 
if he hadn't gotten hurt, Jonathan Taylor wouldn't be an Indianapolis Colt right now because Marlon Mack really showed and proved, and then he got hurt. The only issue with Marlon Mack is the rookie, Damian Pierce, is going to be on his heels. I fully expect Pierce to take over the RB2 spot and bump Rex Burkhead down. And it's a possibility that either due to play or injury, he could mess around and take over that RB1 spot. But either way it goes, Marlon Mack nor Damian Pierce is going to cost you very much in your draft. So if you're using a zero RB strategy, or if you've realized that you didn't mean to use zero RB, but now based on who you've drafted, you kind of don't have much of a choice uh, but to pick up who's there. Those are going to be the type of guys that should still be there for quite a while in your draft. Looking at Houston, number one, I want to go straight to Brandon Cooks. Okay. Uh, I think he's being undervalued. This guy is your wide receiver, too, over his last six healthy seasons. I mean, this dude's averaging, what, 1,100 yards and right at seven touchdowns? Gotta love it. I mean, what more you want? I mean, I think he's currently ranked something like 22 on a lot of boards at wide receiver. Um, not to mention, uh, he only finished uh, lower than 20 once since 2015, and that was due to injury. So don't let that go over your head as well. I mean, you got a guy who never finished anything lower than 20. He's just one of those. He's kind of like the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers, if that yep. makes sense. That's, that's a perfect, yep. <laughs> yep. perfect like, example. It's like he's not as sexy. You know, it's like, oh, Brandon Cook, he cool. He gets the job done. But when you, at the end of the season, you're looking and like he's up there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you can draft him in a spot where people are drafting wide receiver threes and just hoping and praying. This guy is consistent. And even last year, I mean, he had four top 12 weekly finishes. And uh, all With those. A was, rookie Davis Mills. Right, with Davis Mills. And uh even in and, and, and ten those and, and with those games with Davis Mills, he's averaging right at ten targets. So that would put him that, that would put him around maybe seventh amongst wide receivers. So I mean, what more do you, you want from a guy like that? So he's definitely extremely fantasy re- fantasy relevant. You know how I feel about Marlon Mack. I think he was that guy that's gonna be real sneaky. He's 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 ranked pretty low. If you're one of those guys like how I am sometimes, I like to go wide receiver heavy. Early. It depends on what I'm, I'm usually my finishes are usually high in leagues. So I tend to pick at the back of the draft. Therefore, I usually go with the receivers because most of the stud running backs are pretty, you know, going in the early rounds. But Marlon Mack, I mean, wow, 55. Crazy. This, Crazy. Guy's, this guy's actually could a starting running back in the league. Yeah. And he's ranked 55. This is a steal. If he come back healthy and playing a little like some of the little pop he had, he, you seen a little bit in, in later in games last year. When they was winning, they just throw him in there. And he had some pop, you know what I mean? So if he can show that same pop this year as a starter, we see him be a thousand yard style back. That's a, This is going to be a steal for someone, you know what I mean? So he's ranked 55. Uh, I think you should definitely go ahead and have him queued up in your draft because usually when guys get ranked this low, you can very easily forget about them. Yep. So go ahead and have him queued up, ready to go. If you're the type of guy that like to go with the wide receivers early and he'll be a steal maybe late, you can use him as your flex starter. If you already have still running backs, maybe things like that. But I think he's going to be a steal as well. And last but not least, Davis Mills. He's sneaky good every now and then. You know what I mean? He shows sports. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So definitely in a two quarterback league, he'd be super flex. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a one quarterback league, he'd be on the fringe list. You won't, you won't have to worry about him. He won't be there. So as far as fantasy guys on this team, I'm not with the whole John Michi. I got to see how he come back from the injury first and see where that goes. He's a talent, but I'm just still awaiting that. So I like Brandon Cooks and Marlon Mack on the squad.
And while it's on my mind, single quarterback league, you don't need to. Re I mean, if you aren't comfortable with the concept of weekly change, then OK, I, I understand maybe you're getting one of the upper echelon quarterbacks, but you can literally swap out quarterbacks week to week, get them off your waivers in a single quarterback league and be just fine. If you monitor the defenses, maybe you have two quarterbacks on your roster. And you're looking at who's playing against a weak defense this week and who's playing against a weak defense next week. So that way someone else that's using the same strategy as far as streaming quarterbacks is concerned, they don't get your guy. But in single quarterback league, like it's it's really your talent at your other positions and that your flexes, your running backs, your quarterbacks, wide receivers, et cetera. That's going to be the difference between you winning and losing the league normally way more so than quarterback, just because the points over replacement, when you look at the top quarterback and when you look at the middle of the road quarterback, it's not, it's, it's only about a four point per week difference. But when you look at the, the top running back in a middle of the road running back, you may be looking at a difference of 10 points a week. So you have to really look at points, um, the, the 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 what the other options in that same particular field are going to produce, not just what the individual is going to produce, if that makes sense. Joe, you got anything on Houston? I know you were having some technical difficulties. I agree a lot with Mills, Kirk Cousins, definitely. I'm just not sold on Mac. I understand who he was, what he's capable of doing. But to me, does to always follow the money. That's always my instinct with, in most situations. It's always telling. Seeing what teams are willing to pay for a running back. Like I said, Matt got the minimum okay, minimums. Okay. And then on top of that, with no other running back, Burkhead on the team, then just a bunch of nobodies. They went and got Damian Pierce, who is a more than capable running back. And I'm not going to be surprised if he takes the backfield by the second half of the season. Um, it's going to be a good tandem there. So I like those two. And then with John Meach, it's a wait and see. Uh, for Dynasty, I definitely would draft him high. Now he's coming out that he's full go he's not going to have any limited limitations or restrictions for training camp so that bodes well for him could he be wide receiver one I, I think it's highly possible had he not got injured a similar story to a few other Bama wide receivers he would have been one of the highly sought wide receivers coming into the game so I think he has a tremendous upside for what he can do he's a tactician he knows how to run routes pretty well and we already know everybody's going to double cook so that that's definitely my take for Houston next up we have Indianapolis Colts number one wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr number two receiver rookie Alec Pierce in the slot we have Paris Campbell at running back you have Jonathan Taylor Naheem Hines Philip Lindsay Deion Jackson and Tyson Williams tight end you have Mo Ali Cox you have is it Jelani Woods the rookie I um, mean and Andrew Ogletree who's also a rookie quarterback we have Matt Ryan and and also this may come into you know this this may come into the picture at some point in time but the backup now is Nick Foles Everybody knows who's the elephant in the room. I mean, <laughs> and uh, shout out to that guy who says uh, trade Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, what a dickhead. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, the man. This should be your first pick. If you're the number one pick, go get him, man. There's nothing else to be said about it. I mean, this guy's leading. Uh, if you look at the number of attempts in the red zone, it was a big gap from who was finishing second. So he, he gets a lot of carries around the red zone. He gets a lot of carries, period. I mean, this is a top. Three, in a lot of people's opinion, offensive line we have in the NFL. Um, and he's young. He's he's coming to his prime, I mean. So I don't really want to go into Jonathan Taylor too much. I do like Matt Ryan this year. I think he'll return back to the Matt Ryan of old because he has not just – the weapons aren't the, the craziest. He don't have, you know, crazy right. weapons. But he has a, 
like I said, again, you got a top three offensive line. And with that time and a great running game behind him, the play action pass, things like that. Michael Pittman, love him this year. I think he'll still be a wide receiver too. He's going to have some games. Don't sleep on Paris Campbell, man. I think uh, this may be a wait and see approach thing. But, you know, with the injuries, a lot of people have kind of written him off. And I think he can very well do some things in this offense with uh, Matt Ryan. Um, looking at some of the notes and count. This says been a connection there between the two. So that was something I would definitely keep my eyes on. And again, at tight end, if you go to zero tight end, you get a tight end late. I like Mo Ellie Cox. He's all by himself now uh, with the tight end. What's the tight end they had before? Um, 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 uh, hell. Do- I want to say do- Do- uh, Jack Doyle, right? Doyle, Doyle. Right. Yep. So with Jack, with Jack Doyle being there, uh, being gone now, he's pretty much all alone. Even though he had the couple guys behind him, like, you know, the rookies, the Jelani Woods and things like that, I think he'll be able to hold it down and show uh, and show uh, his value. So and he's uh, definitely far, a huge target. Yeah, big target. And he, he's, he has a pretty good catch radius and percentage and usage in the red zone. I think with the more attempts coming his way, the better he'll be. So uh, far as fantasy relevant, Michael Pittman, of sure, of course, he's a wide receiver too, in my opinion. It's a wait and see approach that comes to Paris Campbell and even a guy like a Ashton Doolin. But again, RB1, Jonathan Taylor, best running back in the league currently. And uh, Matt Ryan, again, I think he will be in the atmosphere of QB1s this year. So my only issue, normally in years past, whenever we've seen Matt Ryan take on a new offense it's the second year where he's damn near an mvp but that first year can be kind of ugly he's he's taking on new everything the, the new team new offense new plays new playbook new coach new i mean new everything we don't think that he's gonna do what he's done in the past as far as that first year kind of being a figure it out year i mean that, that's been his track record but i mean this is the best office line he ever had number one i, I agree he's never had a running back this good true and his life is gonna be a little easier He's still Matt Ryan. He's still a veteran in his league. He's a former MVP. And I just think that he'll, you know, I think he'll get it down pat this, this first year around. Even some of the guys there are saying, like, man, he throws, he, he's like such a, a a veteran, a leader. He's throwing a real catchable ball. Like, it's just like, so the people around him also is like filling him. So I, I think he, I think he'd be fine his first year out. Obviously, JT's is everything that we know him to be. Some leave him alone. But Michael Pittman is on breakout alert. I expect hum- tremendous things out of him. When you peel back the layers and you look past the numbers, this guy is an alpha. This guy is a dog. Unfortunately, he didn't get the most out of the quarterback to actually insinuate those numbers, but he on breakout alert this year. Uh, furthermore, uh, back to Vander's point about Matt Ryan, if he's going to be a top a QB1, it's going to be the tandem of him and Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce was somebody I had going to the Packers because his, uh, his pro readiness, he reminds me a lot of Jordy Nelson. He's going to slide into uh, this team and acclimate himself really well. And that's going to only, you know, give him some fantasy relevancy. Definitely for Dynasty. He's definitely somebody you should have drafted in Dynasty if you have the opportunity to. He's one of those ones that's going to learn the game relatively quickly and produce year one. As far as Moelle Cox, I do like him. Uh, but then they went and got his clone in Jelani Woods this year in the draft, to your point. 6'7", 252 run a 4-6-40, and he does nothing but catch touchdowns in the red zone. They're not going to overcomplicate the offense. It's going to be really to the bread and butter of what Matt Ryan does well as far as his progressions and reads. And he's just going to put it in the gut of the best running back in the league by far. But again, Michael Pittman is on breakout alert. And I think he's somebody you need to get now. He's on a forward trend to have over probably 160 targets this year. 
Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville's wide receiver core is actually kind of deep, but they just really don't have. I, I, well, Christian Kirk, I could say maybe a standout. We'll kind of see how he reacts in being a the most targeted wide receiver on the team type of a situation. He's going to be the guy in the slot. So they have their they have their number one wide receiver right now as Zay Jones. Then Marvin Jones as his backup. Then Christian Kirk in the slot. Laquan Treadwell, who kind of came on a little bit last year with kind of getting a little bit of a chemistry going with Trevor Lawrence. Um, you still have LaVisca Chenault there in the fold, as well as Jamal Agnew, who kind of came on as well. At tight end, you have Evan Ingram. And when he's healthy, you know, he he's a guy. His health tends to wane on him at some point in time and almost every year. So we'll see how that goes. If he can't make it work in Jacksonville, he'll probably be done. Running back, they have James uh, Robinson as the number one on the depth chart, followed by Travis Etienne and then Snoop Connor. So with this team, like I was stating, they, they don't really have, in my opinion, a standout wide receiver. But the pieces that you have, 6D, are almost interchangeable and if Trevor Lawrence takes his the step that I think that he can take based on having a coach that knows his ass from his elbows versus what he had last year's, I really believe that he's going to be able to take a step and he's going to make these wide receivers look a little bit better than what they are. If we remember, Marvin Jones has like a month stretch almost every year where he puts up like two, three touchdowns a damn game. And then he goes back, you know, to being Dr. Jekyll versus Mr. Hyde. So it's it's kind of interesting his career arc. I mean, it literally happens every year. And then it it, it transferred from it transferred from Detroit to Jacksonville. He he did the same type of a thing. So I don't exactly know how that works, but he he definitely has the talent there. Christian Kirk definitely has the talent there. I mean, I can see this team definitely taking a step forward, especially seeing as how this division is really nothing to write home about at the moment. They can definitely take a few steps forward. What you guys got on Jacksonville? What is it, a Jaguar? Yeah. Yeah, it's a team full of Jags. <laughs> That's what I see. You know what I'm saying? Just the guy, huh? That, that's it. Like you talking about their wide receiving core. It's deep, but it's deep full of pedestrians. You know what I'm saying? Like Zay Jones, whoop de doo. Marvin Jones, another year older, whoop de doo. Christian Kirk, overpaid. He's not a number one. Whoop de doo. Laquan Treadwell, whoop de doo. Uh Chenault, whoop de doo. Agnew, whoop de doo. Like who's special here? I don't want any of these guys on my team, to be honest with you, as far as the pass catches. I mean, if you want to take Christian Kirk and dangle him in front of somebody's face or something for a trade, that's cool. He'll be the guy that most people will try to try to get towards um, a draft. Zay Jones, I don't think he'd be drafted maybe in an extremely, extremely deep league. And Marvin Jones is, like you said, he had that one game and then disappeared. Evan Ingram, we know his injury history. I'll, hell, the guy behind him, Dan Arnold. He seemed to have a better rapport with um with the quarterback. True, I forgot about with Trevor forgot Lawrence the, uh, last year. So when they brought yeah. him in from Carolina, I like him. So I'm kind of surprised by this even by this Evan Ingram move. I mean, they needed another pass catcher, like you said. All, all their wide receivers, I mean, they're deep, but Horrible, they're man. nothing to write home about. James Robinson coming off the injury. He's on a do not draft list for me. Uh, the only guy I like really, for me, yeah, 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 for sure. Two reasons. One, he's coming off a major injury. Don't know where he's gonna be. He's not Doug Peterson's guy. 
And I think, I can't remember the stat line, but Doug Peterson has never gave a running back over a certain amount of carries in ever in a season. It's like, mm-hmm. it's capped at like 200 or something. It's a certain it's a certain number he has where he hasn't given any running back where he was at the head of the regime, like in Philadelphia, where he goes over that limit when it comes to giving a running back that amount of carries. Right. So James Robinson would not be no workhorse like he was with the last uh, regime. So I don't like him. Uh, Fantasy Revelant, only guy I think is ETN. And only because he seemed like the best weapon on the team. I'm not really hugely sold on him because, again, this ain't Doug Peterson's guy. This was a guy that Urban Meyer brought in, but he seems like probably the, the guy with the best opportunity to do well when it comes to fantasy. Trevor Lawrence, if you're in a two-quarterback league, I guess go for it. If you're in a one-quarterback league, he'll be floating around the free agent list. Like, I don't want no Jags on my team, to be honest with you. Um, that's just me. I mean, like I said, ETN, he would probably be the guy I would, I would go after if I did have one because he seemed like the, the, the best talent, uh, being that he can also catch the football and run. But – I'm not sure. He's again. He's not a. He's not a three down back. He's not going to be used as a three down back. I think Snoop Connor can vouch a lot of touchdowns. I think this guy had like 13 touchdowns last year in a in a in a committee coming into college. He's in college in a committee. He had like 13. Usually between 13 and 16 rushing touchdowns. So I do like him as far as a vulture around the goal line. But this team is horrible, man. They they got the right name, the Jags. <laughs> I get it. Like he played horrible. Lawrence was not that great. I always like to follow the in certain cases who's on the team, who's the coaches coming to the team, right? So we got Peterson, Mike McCoy, Jim Bob Cooter. If anybody who pays attention to football, though, if you wanted to fix a QB problem, those are one of the better names and one of the best names. Let's not say better or the best names rather to bring to fix a quarterback. We're not going to see the same Lawrence year two than in years past. I think he really comes to form and give us the quarterback we had the hype and the hyperbole of hearing for the past few years. So that's great. He's on. I think he's going to turn the ship. That's great. Going on to Christian Kirk. I get. I get it. A lot of shade. Oh my God, he's not that great. But let's look at 2021 per New Gen stats. He actually finished fourth as far as in the slot, fourth in the slot uh, as far as the receptions, fourth in yards with as far as yards, as far as receiving touchdowns, he's tied ninth as far as the slot. And then his catch rate, expect over expected catch rate was third. And then his receiving EPA is third. All those things go to say this guy is, he actually plays to elite level as far as being a slot receiver. And who else have we seen in the slot and actually playing the slot? The Cooper Cups and everybody else in that aforementioned. Not to say he'll play up to that caliber, but people are missing these gems as far as where he ranks relative to his productivity. We didn't see a lot of Arizona except for the most redundant and lackluster offense. He's going to come into a better system and be utilized for his skill set and he can take the top off of any offense so he has value in year round as well as dynasty and i would love to get him because i'm not expecting to be a wide receiver one he has the floor of a wide receiver two and he's going to have breakout games etn like i feel like etn is one of the people we're not talking about a lot because everybody is afraid of injury everybody's scared off as far as injury but he's looking phenomenal at camp and people have to remember he was asked to be in the receiver the receiver room as a rookie this guy is great out the backfield i think he's going to catch at least 60 passes out of the backfield if he can return to any form that he had in college i love james robinson and that's another guy i spoke highly about before but james robinson might have to move out the way for etn i wouldn't take you know because i like to bet my 
money in year round. I'll take him at value, but I'm only looking at him uh, for his upside in Dynasty primarily because his skill set is throughout the roof. I think people are really undermining that. Snoop is doing great in camp, but again, this is what shorts on. You already have James Robinson. He's just a, a leash to, you know, or a handcuff to James Robinson productivity, but the path for ETN is, is up par or up to better than Michael Carter had. And he has a, like a better offense, better a scheme. I'm really high on ETN. And a lot of people are if you look at beat writers and so forth. So don't be beyond the trends. Keep reading up on them. Keep following them. But ETN is slept on. It's, it's ridiculous. This might be a guy that you can get and it can actually be a league winner because to your point, everybody thinks the Jacks suck. They're going to win a handful of games, et cetera, so forth. But if you look at the coaching tree, you look at who they hired, who they brought in, they got ETN for a reason. If you look at what he did in pro activity in college he's a stud period this is my thing right how are you going to say like like zay say you're talking about both sides of my heart you're going to say etn looks good in camp but then turn around and say yeah snoop look good but that was shorts home right i don't understand that like they both got shorts on so why one looks good but this one looks good but hey it's, he got shorts on so don't look into that too much that doesn't so, make sense so to me what i look at i'm sorry to cut you off and what i look at as far as like <laughs> when i look at running backs and productivity because to your point it, it is a short test for some period of time but with snoop's skill set we're looking at which round of which caliber running back i drafted a guy in the first round i drafted a guy damn near as a free agent his skill sets match up with james robinson so if i'm gonna get james robinson back what does that mean to his role relative to football. James Robinson clearly is the 1A, 1B to this offense. What is Snoop going to be? And I, I think the question with him is pass protection relative to his success on getting on the field. So again, with the shorts on, that's great because you're not asked to block anybody, which is a, a far big of a weakness he has. He has a few other skill sets, but he's not that great of a pass blocker. And if I got James Robinson that can bat pass block his ass off, ET is farly better than him. He's not going to see the field other than to be a change of pace in that offense. That's all I'm yeah, he's not going. I mean, I, I think he won't see the field. If James Robinson is there, of course, but I don't see James Robinson even being there to start the season. It's a chance that he won't even be there to start the season. I don't think people should think ETN is going to be a three down back to start the season off, is what I'm saying. That's not even Peterson's MO. Quick question What round was James Robinson drafted in? Right. He was undrafted. He was undrafted. And so <laughs> being drafted in the sixth round and being undrafted, that's neither here nor there. Right. The cream rises to the top. And what tends to happen is the guy that I drafted in my mind is a little bit better for the job than what the last guy had anyway. So the thing that I'm looking at is because they didn't bring anybody else in, they got to see something in Snoop because ETN's skill set again isn't that three down guy unless you want him to go down and go down hard and early. Let's remember, ETN has not been hit <laughs> by a NFL player yet. He was out his entire rookie year. He wasn't a guy that was, you know, in the trenches or going through the tackles in college. So we still have to make sure that, yes, you have the quickness. Yes, you have the, you know, you you remember a guy, a, another guy uh, from Clemson, if I remember correct. I think it was from Clemson. But CJ Spiller was better than ETN. What happened to him in the pros? Same skill set, really. He can never stay healthy because he, he couldn't take them licks. And, and you're not about to be running around doing all this, you know, jibber-jabbering like you do on a college field and then just eventually run around somebody. Nah, you about to get lit. I just so, haven't seen any good Clemson running backs, period, in the league. That's just me. So I'm kind of always skeptical of guys come out of Clemson at that position because I've never seen anyone be successful, whether it was James Davis, Spiller, 
they all come in and do pretty much the same thing. Like I haven't seen anything. Their receivers are pretty are pretty uh, successful in the league, but I haven't seen any good running backs come out of Clemson. I just think he's just another one of those Clemson products. That's just me. We shall see. Last team up, we have Tennessee. Their number one wide receiver right now is Robert Woods. Um, they have Traylon Burks as the starting slot receiver. They have Nick Westbrook Eichhine as the uh, second outside receiver. This is a team that isn't deep at all at receiver. Backing up Robert Woods is Racy McMath. You have Dez Fitzpatrick backing up uh, Westbrook. And then you have rookie Cal Phillips backing up Traylon Burks. As far as the slot is concerned, running back, you have Derrick Henry, Dontrell Hilliard, Hassan Haskins, and quarterback, you have Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I mean, hell, they're not deep at receiver because you know what they're going to do. I don't think people should be afraid of Derrick Henry going down to injury last year. It's a little, you know, it's an ankle injury. I know he's on the other side of 26, and this, you know, where you tend to see a little decline. And I think he was on pace to. Last year, this dude was on pace to get like 400 carries or something ridiculous. Like, so the offense hasn't changed that much to see that they're going to another way. So they're going to do what Tennessee does. They're going to turn around. They're going to get that boy that ball 30 times until, until it's broken. You know what I'm saying? He's Earl Campbell. So they're going to use him up. I mean, I don't, that's why Robert Woods came in. I mean, Robert Woods came in. He's a cool receiver, but he's an extremely good run blocker. So I think that's one of the reasons why they bought him in. That's really all I like on this team, fantasy-wise. I mean, again, two quarterback leads. You go with Taney Hill. He has a threat to run a little bit. Uh, but he doesn't have any go-to receivers, even Robert Woods. He's not a extremely fast guy. He's a great right, route runner. You're hearing the things about Traylon Burks. And the other slot behind him is another rookie. You have right. Westbrook, Nick Westbrook, who's the, the guy who's supposed to be coming in. There's nothing about him that jumps off the board as well, so. You're going to see a lot of teams playing in the box. This is a team that defense is going to play because there's no speed guys. There's nobody that's a threat to get deep. So teams are going to be in the box trying to stop Derrick Henry. That's it. Now, you said something that concerns me. The amount of carries that, that, that he has to take on, the amount of touches that he has to take on within any, within any given game, and the fact that he is coming from injury, like yeah. normally as far as running backs are concerned, you don't get healthier as you get older. Um, now he ain't he ain't nowhere close to being average or 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 the you know he, you can't really look at him and say well most running backs do this he mm -hmm. in my opinion he's not a part of the most um he, legendary workout warrior and because he went to Alabama and really only started for a year a lot of the carries that some of the other running backs have by his age and his usage. He doesn't quite have as many just because he had years of not being used in college. I, it just concerns me that they depend on him so much. And, and I know in fantasy, it's like, oh, man, he's going to get 30 touches. That's the guy you want. But, right. man, like. He, he's definitely, a, be honest with you, he's a sale now candidate. And that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely a sale candidate. If you have him on your team, and I mean, Shit, by all means. Dynasty-wise, we're talking right, about. Right, right, dynasty-wise, you know what I'm saying? You definitely could sell them. Um, if I'm in a year, you know, the standard leagues, I, man, don't draft him early. You know, you usually see him drafting those first couple of picks. Right. But he's a guy I kind of probably will stay away. Not because I'm afraid of him being hurt, but just being looking at the rest of the offense, like, he's going to have nine guys in the box, man. Like, there's no threat on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Even with an A.J. Brown or somebody, you know, you had a threat 
but there's no threat. I mean, a guy like Robert Woods can be played man up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, Everybody on the team can be played right. man up. Like, and, and Traylon Burks <laughs> might not even be out there. Like, so, there. There is nobody you have to double at all. Right. So everybody's, yeah, everybody's in the box trying to stop this one dude. Oh, so. oh whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, did, I, I did neglect to mention Austin Hooper is there at tight end. And he may actually be their best pass catcher. Again, I, I, it seems like every week we talk about zero tight end strategy, but right. they don't have any pass catchers. And Austin Hooper is now away from Baker Mayfield, who didn't know how to use him. Remember what he was in Atlanta that made Cleveland pay him to be the, the highest paid tight end. Just right. because they couldn't use him doesn't mean it's not within his skill set. And they've always liked to have a go-to tight end in this particular instance. Austin may actually be their best pass catcher. So he may be a guy, worst case scenario, he's going to be consistent because, again, who else they going to throw the ball to? Now, this team is, I think, a mess offensively, man. It's either run or die, you know what I mean, pretty much on this squad. (laughs) That's it. It's either run or die. I don't see anything else. And because of the run, that's why I like Austin in the red zone. But Robert Woods is definitely grossly, 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 grossly undervalued. Yeah. I think you should get Robert Woods on your team because I, I love Robert Woods. He's one of those guys that's always floating around the top, you know, when, at the end of the season. So, but he's definitely grossly undervalued. Um, you look at the rankings; he, he's so far down there, like you, you can't, even, I can't even find him. He's that far down. So, I definitely like Robert Woods though because he's a, he's a good receiver. He's a extremely great run blocker. Again, but I think that's the reason why he was bought in the fold to come to Tennessee because of those capabilities. He's ranked like forty four right now. I mean, Robert Woods sometimes be like a top twelve guy. Barring injury, he he's never has he even has he even been in the thirties. No, I don't think so. No, in 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 a year where he wasn't injured, I don't even think he's usually finishing like top fifteen. You know, on teams, even when he played with Cooks, you know, even when he played with uh, Cooper Cup, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's usually a top fifteen finish type of dude. You know what I mean? So I think he's just grossly undervalued at that. So he's another guy I'll be looking at. I have queued up on my list of wide receivers, but it's Henry or die. I mean, that's this. That's how this team is designed. And in redraft, Henry would scare me because I think he would get. Well, actually, you know what though? If he fell, Henry would be the perfect person for you. And I'm gonna tell you why. You're gonna trade him anyway. See, most people would get Henry and just ride him, ride him, ride him the same way that the Tennessee the, the Tennessee Titans are gonna do. But because of the way they ride them, and I know what I'm going to get from them in that first month or so, and because I'm kind of leery of what he may become playoff time due to such overusage, I might, you know, trade him for a farm and, um, you know, get another days running over, back. Though, man. I really think those days is over getting a farm. For Not him. in redraft. Not in redraft. In, in redraft. I think people, I, don't, the, I, I think the injury is going to have people afraid and people are not going to get a farm reaction. anymore. People aren't going to be afraid of the injury when they see him scoring. That's why I say you got to do it within the first month. For sure, people aren't going to be scared of the injury when they see him score. I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying to that person out there that's going to be stuck in no man's land, where you have the option of drafting him or getting, I'm trying to get a feel for where he may be drafted right now. Probably what, like seven off the board? Yeah, he's probably down there. Yeah, seven, eight, somewhere like that. I would get a Derrick Henry versus passing up a first-round running back at all, but understanding that after he shows and proves in that first month, month and a half, I'm going to want to go ahead and move him on down the road. Well, you're hoping he does. Um, 
Well, I mean, <laughs> due, due to volume, I mean, I mean, not anybody can get hurt. But if he don't get hurt, he's he's going to put up numbers. I mean, yeah. he's just one of them dudes. Like, even if he don't get up, even if he don't get the touchdowns that he normally gets, like, and it's just you know five yards here, six yards here, fifteen yards there. When you get to that fourth quarter, I don't care how many people you got in the box; they're gonna be tired of that dude running them. I would sell them early. But I wouldn't necessarily shy away from him, depending on. I mean, you got to remember, prior to the injury, this is a guy that was going, you know, what, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. If you can get this guy, you know, in that seven or eight spot ish, you maybe go that route if you're a running back first type of a drafter. Now, for me, if Cup or Jefferson or Chase, those guys are there, I'd probably pick them over. Um, Henry, just because of the way I, I like to build my team, but I, I, I'm just saying, don't be scared of Henry as as a starter in the beginning of the season, but be weary of what may end up happening come playoff time. So with the Titans, uh, like you said, it's not much to be left desired. I'm fading Tannehill in year round, and to go into Henry relatively quick to both sides of it, I'm only taking Henry and uh, redraft. At value, like if I can get a higher tier player or somebody that's going to be highly more productive, I'm fading him. I'm just not a big person of somebody who takes over 350 carries year in and year out. Uh, durability is—he's been highly durable. He hasn't been hurt much in college or in the NFL, but we do see a downtrend when somebody has a substantiated, uh, a substantial injury, uh, rather. And I just don't see enough weapons around him to Vander's point where he had an AJ Brown last year to where who was going to take anything off of him. They run a lot of power. Oh, that's their bread and butter. They live and die by it. And he just he just sets the edge. He gets to the edge relatively quickly. And he's, he plays bully ball. But people not as scared of him when there's not a, a lot of talent around him to, to you know not be that much of a focus. He's going to be a glaring focus on this team, even with Robert Woods. And I love Robert Woods, actually, in this team. Health isn't a concern. He's hyperactive as far as wanting to be aggressive in training camp, OTAs, etc. But they're just holding him back, and they're just keeping the only star wide receiver that they have on their team. Um, if I was to tell people to watch list somebody, like say, for example, they say during the regular season, like could you go into the season, just put them on your watch list. I would put, obviously, NWI. We spoke about him a great deal on the show. But also Des Fitzpatrick is somebody – as far as the watch list, somebody don't get confused. These are just players that, if due to injury, you just you see something going on, and you want to be on the fly, just go to the watch list and like, boom, I, I know that guy. So that way, you're not holding on to names. You're not trying to look to Google too much. Use some of the names that we're gonna give you throughout the off season as well. Um, what I like about NWI is obviously he's favorable to Julio as far as the role he'll play in this offense, and he's just a big guy who's extremely fast. He's almost like Cortland Sutton. Uh, with how deceptively fast he is and how he can stack a you know a receiver you know DB and get open, um, he should have tremendous growth with Burks not being on the field, and Burks is actually a reason why I'm staying off of Tannehill because uh, even though they run the ball heavy, this is a play action team, and Traylon was you know he brought here to be AJ Brown, and if he can't even get on the field, that's one big uh, part of the offense and why it's highly successful going so. I would, I'm just going to fade Tannehill as far as year-round. Uh, Dynasty, I have him personally, but um, it's like what do you get sometimes? Sometimes you get 21 points. Sometimes you get f- 14 points. So it's like he doesn't really throw a lot of touchdowns for me. 
So, Joe, <clears throat> you interested in trading Tannehill? Due to my, how my team's constructed now. <laughs> See, this is what I got to deal with. You don't even like to do it. You won't consider trading. Yeah, it's hard out here but, for a pep. Sometimes being at the top that has his uh see, but I need somebody so. to be somewhat competitive at quarterback. <laughs> I only got um who I got at quarterback. I'll give you Baker Mayfield in a piece. He'll have a team sometime soon. Think about it. Now your audio went out again, huh? Figures. <laughs> Next week we'll have the NFC South. And that'll wrap up the divisional breakdown. If you missed any of the divisional breakdown, you can go back and listen. Go back and follow if you haven't followed us yet. And again, Facebook, we are the Fantasy Football Fiend Family. Facebook group, Fiend, F-E-I-N. On Instagram, Fantasy Football Fiend, again, F-E-I-N. And on Twitter, at Fantasy underscore Fiend. We out.